In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. Capital Golf Gang post-British Open or the Open Championship, or as they have now sneakily changed it to just the Open, Cam Smith comes from behind and steals it from Rory McIlroy. We are remote today as the summer has got us far flung here and there. Ron Thomas and John Ronas joining me by phone today. Good afternoon, boys. How are we doing? I'm great, Dave. How are you, Ronnie? How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great, but unfortunately, I'm not able to watch the ESPYs because I'm on this show. <laughs> you're, you're DVRing <laughs> it, I assume. Who in God's name watches, watches the ESPYs? Don't you want to? Don't you want to know who wins best NFL player? Which I think <laughs> they already, socks. which I think they already voted on by the league <laughs> and their peers yeah. called the MVP. But I, you know, right. whatever, whatever. Uh, All right. So with that said, uh, it is midweek. And I am still picking up the pieces, John Ronis, of the crumbled house of Rory, the disaster that was Sunday. Although, was it a disaster or not? I'm still wrestling with that. Did you say the crumble house of Rory or the crumble house of Ronis? Because I've been in a deep depression. Okay. Oh, my God. You too. Get over it. (laughs) Deep (laughs) depression, Ronnie. It, It would have been so perfect. It was almost written in the stars, Ronnie, that here was Tiger Woods walking across the Swilkin Bridge on Friday, Rory tipping his cap, that the old standard bearer was handing off to the new standard bearer, the man who stood tall and said, listen, this new thing is crap, and I'm going to put my name on the line and to win the oldest tournament in the world at the home of golf it was destined to be. It's almost like Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump. You stole my <laughs> destiny, Gump, you moron. <laughs> Aussie Joe well, Dirt stole his destiny. But, right, but, Joe Dirt. Yes. <laughs> but golf is not a game of you get what you want and everything works out perfectly, now is it? No, and it begs the question, was it too much pressure? Was it just, to, he had to have known, he's a very intelligent human being, very aware. He had to have known that the entire world, uh, including nearly every fan at the Open Championship, wanted him to win, was literally uh, praying for him to win, and he, he couldn't come through. And you just wonder if it was too much pressure. And with the Live Golf and being the spokesperson for the PGA Tour, you just wonder if it was all just too much. Because that was not a Rory-like round. Well, yeah, was, I mean, yeah. but he hit 18 greens or 17 greens, whatever he hit. And it, it still was a very good round of golf. It just it was unacceptable uh, for the uh, St. Andrews because, you know, they were shooting five, six, seven under par all day, every day for the last three days. And, you know, you had to know that someone, especially coming from behind, because the pressure is just to go, go, go from behind. Um, where when you're in front, you have to protect a little bit, and unfortunately, got caught. 
let's yeah. uh, let's get into it and let's do what I call a black box reconstruction of what happened, which would be a term from aviation disasters where they find the black box, they go over all the data points, and they unravel exactly what went wrong, when it went wrong, and how. Two things for me stand out. One is Victor Hovland lying down and taking a nap next to Rory was not helpful. <laughs> okay? Right. Was not helpful overall to True. his mindset, his aggressiveness, and everything else. True Secondly, yeah. the biggest tragedy of the round, in my opinion, for Rory was the lag on 17 with everything on the line. That was a tragically timid putt to just cuddle it up there to an inch and tap it in. That putt needed at least a foot of pace to go by it. Hell, there was a back, there's a backstop, boys, as you know, where the road hole bunker is behind that hole. You can give that putt a run. The roar that would have exploded from that massive grandstand and echoed down to the 18th green where Cam Smith was approaching would have been seismic, and it was such a weak putt. I still love Rory for it, but that putt was inexcusable. John? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, the, the, the biggest detriment to Rory's game was Cam Smith's putter. I mean, that guy was just red he hot was. and made everything coming in. It was just as simple as that. I think, you know, Rory didn't take advantage of a couple of the drivable par four. Well, everyone was drivable. Of the par fours. Um, early on in the like, back nine, like and nine. then par fives. Nine. He, yeah. He missed nine, which was a big mistake. Of course, Cam Young put it in the gorse, Ronnie, on nine yeah. and took bogey. Yeah. 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 So, well, all right. you know, it's just one so, of those things. So it, it, you just, say, no you say, you, okay, so you say, and by the way, Rory hit three lips, I think, and had one long putt end up in the throat and died short. Yeah. Oh, right. I saw that. So I he, that he had... His chances, but you seem Ron to be or uh, John to be absolving Rory a bit more than you should have. Ron, go ahead and tell me yeah, where you well, think. I, yeah, where well, did Rory yeah, John, make his mistakes in not winning this? Uh, well, John said that the the biggest detriment or the thing that beat him was Cam Smith's putter. When the in reality it was Rory's putter. Yeah, you're but, right. Uh, man. Yeah, yeah. You're Rory's and, putter. And he, he's not a good. He's not a good putter right now. Let's be honest. He's the best ball striker in the world. And to not, I'll just jump right to it, to have not won a major in eight years with that ball striking. Um, he's got a wonderful short game also. It's, it's, I'm not going to say inexcusable because that's it's not fair. But you know, Ronnie, you've been, you've been vocal on the show <clears throat> saying that he isn't a, that great a ball striker as far no, as he, he's you know, a great, he I know it, Yeah, he's a great ball striker. He's an inconsistent flighter of the ball. The ball takes off in different directions. (laughs) No one compresses the ball like Rory. I'm not sure that no one is ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so proximity. So it's one of those days where the proximity is two, three, four feet further than what he'd like it to be. And so your putts are, you know, let's face it. He didn't have, except for the ones that he kind of drove, he didn't have a ton of legitimate, and really until 17, no, legitimate birdie putts. They were kind of deep. John, let's just put this to bed for well, however you want to run the show, Steve. But as far as the swing goes, I, I just need you as the best instructor in the Washington, D.C., DMV area. He does have a flaw in his golf swing. Please explain the flaw briefly. Well, the path is definitely an inside path. 
um, he drops the club underneath and he swings the club inside. So let's just say he swings it from two or three degrees, four degrees from the inside path. So if the club face doesn't square abruptly at the last second, the ball's going to jet off to the right. If it squares a little bit too much, it's going to tumble hook left. So anytime you have a, a path that's a little bit above the number range that we're looking for, then you're asking for a ball to have to kind of curve to your target. And so when that's not on and the timing's not right with hip rotation and chest rotation, then Nerves. you're going to hit some squirrely shots. Right. So okay. that's why. Fair that enough. Okay. Fair Thank enough. You. But if I may, Ron, doesn't yes. every tour pro have a flaw somewhere Oh, John, you're, I, I'm telling you, talk to Ronis about it. This is his department. Well, I mean, yes, everyone does have a flaw, but it's a matter of where that flaw is. If it's a moment of truth flaw that you can sometimes be streaky with and square it up, then um, it's a lot different than another flaw that has plenty of time and downswing to be compensated for. Um, the problem is as you age and your body changes, some of these flaws really start to show their heads. And in other places, they don't. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think Rory's great. I, I think his golf swing is is still outstanding. But it's something that, um, you know, he might just have to fiddle with a little bit. But I was going to say today, I just hope that Rory doesn't finish this season and go try to change anything. Because last time no. he tried to chase some distance. He got and off of he's that. too good. The, 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 distance, good. the distance thing of two years ago sent him on a goose chase. He's just now found his way back. I forget who they said he's working with full swing. He's working with Faxon on putting, and it has moved the needle on his putting. But, no, I, I think his swing is better now and more consistent. That's why he won the mythical King of the Majors title, where he finished low to par of anybody in the all four majors, which you don't get a prize for that or even a plaque. But I always think that's a pretty impressive accomplishment, being the low guy to par in all four majors. It, it is. And here we are picking on a guy that shot 18 under at St. Andrews and lost by two to a guy who putted, I, yeah. had an out-of-body experience with the putter. So and, and I, not, we need, I need to be fair here. I know. And I don't mean to, yeah. I don't mean to yeah. pick. We're not picking on him. No, I think, I'm the one who's doing it. I, well, I am. Yeah, but so. you're, being, you're being fair, though. Uh, you said the word inexcusable i think you were one click off i think the word is rory's lack of winning with that ball striking is inexplicable not inexcusable True. he is not adam scott but he's kind of adam scott light in terms of not getting the most out of his ball striking because rory doesn't ever seem to be a moment putter to me meaning in the moment his putting rises to that dramatic moment, and I yes. think that showed itself on 17. I'm not. Sh I'm not sure if he's ever won a major in the moment. He's never I had believe. a big moment putt he, he, in anything. That's really I true. Can, except yeah, because he's putt, won everything going away, except for the putt on Patrick Reed. But Reed was the guy who put it on top of him. The Ryder Cup putting display was incredible, but again, we weren't playing for a title. I know. Uh, and and there's something important to point out here is. His final round at Augusta was a thing of, I mean, it, it was legendary, but again, mm -hmm. he was playing from behind. Yeah. And it just adds to the, you know, to the legend, if you will, of Rory. Uh, I, I just feel there's so much on his plate right now. I really do. And well, this would have been, I wonder if it would it, almost be. He's taken it on. Some say that they think it's energized him. 
by saying, I'm here, I'm accountable, I'll take the bullets for those who are saying, come on, Rory, who are you to say that pro golfers shouldn't go seek the money they want to seek wherever it is? But I don't know about that. Did he take the number one ranking back this week? Don't know. I don't know. Or is he still number two, Scheffler number one? Because he's the best player in the world right now. See, now you say that. I don't (laughs) think he is. And one other thing I have to point this out. Don't forget he missed the cut at his home open championship at – Where'd they play it uh, in Ireland? The Scottish uh, Open the or the Irish, Irish Open? Open? No, he missed the British the the, oh, the British Open. What three years when uh, what's his name won? Who, um, who who are you talking about? Rory Shane Lowry when Rory lost oh, the, or oh, missed wow. the cut. No, it's, I'm just jumping on there again. Yeah. The, the, the press. Right. I mean, he can't miss that cut. <laughs> right. I know no, that's I mean, random, but he can't miss that cut. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he had a couple of years though there that he was again he was chasing some distance and he was. He, was, he couldn't putt to save his life. Right. So he has a, he has a one right major now, in eight years. Let's talk yeah. about let's talk about the winner and let's put a big wall around all of the LIV rumors with Cam Smith because we'll deal with that in a future segment here today. But as a player, his putting is bordering on supernatural. Best putter in the game right now. Where do you think he will rank all time when it comes to putting? And is it possible he's just hot right now, like Spieth was hot back in 2017? Well, she, Brad Faxon was a great putter. Ben Crenshaw was a great putter. You know, I mean, that doesn't translate. didn't translate to, to a major for Faxon. Warren Roberts. Yeah, it, and it translated into, what, one for uh, two for Crenshaw? Well, so, do you think Cam Smith is a next-level putter that will sustain as a next-level putter, or is he just hot right now? Oh, he's a, with that because he keeps that putting stroke, though. I mean, John, the putting stroke, he's, he gets right over the top of the ball and he the arms hang and he just takes it just a little bit back and he does it all with the show. He just turns the trunk. It goes, boom, you know, boom, boom, I, boom, I, boom, you know boom, how I feel boom. about putting, right? And um, you're a great putter. I, I just I just think that putting is a gift from whoever you want to call it from. And I think anyone can learn how to putt but to know exactly the speed with the line and then get the putter square to that target is just, I believe it's a gift. I really, really do. I'm not sure if it's teachable. One, one, of, the, to- one of the uh, announcers said they, that they like, he just looked so organized was the word they used, so organized yep. over the ball when putting, that he's got a great yeah. routine and that helps him out. Your thoughts it's on organization, nice. John? Well, it's organization. You can just switch that word out and say confident. That's all it is. So, you know, things are square. Things are organized. As Ronnie said, they just hang. And then the putter goes straight back and through. So, yeah, it's organized, but it's also incredibly confident. Well, the other that's great, the thing the other, about putting. Yeah, the other great line was Zinger. In a hurry. Zinger's great line was, i tell you what, one, thing, one common thing I know about all putters, all great putters, they all think they can putt. And I thought <laughs> that's a great line, yeah. isn't it? Just like shooters, right? Shooters right. can go for eight, and you're going to take that ball and shoot the next one. It's, because you know what that that yeah. putting stroke is efficient, and efficiency yeah. works under pressure, right? Right, yep. John. Under yeah, pressure, what he did on a, in a the World Golf Championship for an Australian. You want to win the Open Championship over all of them, of course. When they win the Masters, they say, "I wanted to win this one more than any of them," right. but. For him to do that on that stage, the 150th at St. Andrews, to make to roll the ball like that, 
that is beyond comprehension. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with him. I still don't like him, but I agree with him. <laughs> okay. How about the rest of his game? You know, he's long enough. He's only like 99th on the tour in distance, but he's his number is 299, so it's plenty long enough. His iron play is outstanding. Is he a champion so, built for the long haul? Uh, I'll, I'll go real quick, John. Self-taught swing has to be because you'd never teach over the across the line like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chambly tried to rip him, saying that I just don't see this guy winning. He misses too many to the left, and uh, but obviously his putter made up for that. But it's not a swing that you would think would hold up. But with that putter, you can maybe play a little bit better with across the line, right, John? Homemade swings almost always hold up better than um, really? made swings. Really? Yeah. It's yep. true. It really yeah. is. The homemade swings yeah. hold up better because why? You you built them because yourself it, in your backyard yeah. from a young age? Yeah. yeah, because you know every piece of that swing because you built it. You well, felt then, it. Why Why are we paying you 90 an hour for lessons? <laughs> because it's good <laughs> one. Because. The what's your, you what's were, your rate, you by the way, in River that. Creek? What's your rate? You Come weren't on now. born with that as 150. You weren't born with <laughs> wow. that okay. swing, so you have to learn it. I, Almost I got all it. of us do, right. unfortunately. Well, yeah. all right, how about this? Cam Smith versus Matt Fitzpatrick. Go. You, same, you kind of similar things. Yeah, I mean, if, if I said you got 100 shares of stock to buy in each guy right now, who are you picking? I'm buying Smith. a Cam Smith all day yeah. long. I'm really? buying Smith too. Why? The short just... game's phenomenal too. Okay. What what's wrong with uh, Matt Fitzpatrick? Nothing. I, but you asked whom we oh, would buy. Well, you, but buy you so emphatically. Smith. It didn't sound like well, I don't know. That's a hard one. Because I'll tell you, good good putters can also flight and control distance on their irons. Imagination. Yes. They yes. see things. Yeah. So they can just drive. If those people who are gifted with putting and can flight and control distance with their irons, if those people can hit a driver, they're dangerous. Right. Okay. All it is. Okay. Uh, first year ever that all four major winners were under the age of 30. Wow. Thoughts? It's great. I have a question for you guys. I was yeah. laying in bed last night thinking about this. I don't like that there are no more major championships for the rest of the year. Do you I... feel that these things, they yes. end too early? Okay, I'm glad you brought this up. When they first announced the schedule change to get out of the way of football, to get the Fakakta FedEx Cup playoffs out of the way in August, and to get the PGA Championship out of the swampland that is August, because there's nowhere good to play in August in this country, for the most part, you got to go far north. I said, brilliant, great move. Now you're right, Ron. I'm like, you know. I, 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 yes, I'm like, I want it's July. more. I know. It's July. I, I, know. I know. And you know, but I did, I did get it very excited when Rory said, you know, I'm take a few weeks off and then I'll be ready for the, the uh, FedEx, FedEx Cup. Cup. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's now easy to get... forget about. <laughs> exactly. I know. And that's why I want to, <laughs> um, I want to, I'm going to be excited to watch it. I actually watched a ton of this, this tournament and kind of, kind of almost started liking golf again. Hey, you still yeah, watch it. You're playing more golf too. Let me let me ask <laughs> yeah. you about Cam Young. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. he's got the Hideki like pause at the top, and he hits it monstrously long and obscenely high. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I he, mean, it comes down to that putter again. 
But it's well, a swing. Will, Talk to me about loads, a swing. You're right. You swing he, he loads, he pauses, and he fires. He gets from the right side to the left side with a pause in between, and he creates a ton of torque and power. And he's obviously a good player. He grew up at one of the – I wouldn't be surprised if Ronas had played Sleepy Hollow, but his dad yeah, was the not. golf professional yeah. there. It's not a swing that you would think a PGA Tour son would have, because not because it's bad. It's just, you know, unique. it's unique. Uh, Wake Forest grad, stud, here to stay. It just shows, it reaffirms about what we're about to talk about with Live Golf is there are plenty. Oh, there are more plenty. coming. They're of coming, young and they're coming yeah. and they're coming. So you can't yeah. you can't buy up the forty eight you think are the best. They won't Amen. be the best for very long. But back to Cam Young uh, on this podcast on Monday, I had a friend from Wisconsin here who works for the U.S. He works at USGA events at the U.S. Open as a official scorer that punches into the portable iPad everyone's score every hole to be then distributed out to the world digitally. It's not the official score, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's that gig, and it, it pays $0, boys. None. Wow. They make you buy a shirt even, and you got to travel yourself, put yourself up in a hotel. It's not a insignificant expense, but he loves it so much. It's so hard to crack into the ranks, and you get to be front and center watching this stuff. Well, he had Cam Young on Friday. And Cam Young was struggling. I mean, just putting up big number after big number on his Hard way to, to follow missing a the sixty-four. Cut. Right? Is that what you? Oh, you're talking about the no, U.S. Open? No, not the U.S. The Open. At, this was at Brooklyn. Okay, yeah, he was at Brooklyn. Okay, yeah. so he's struggling okay. on Friday, heading to miss the cut. And he said, one hole, he puts it gunch left, gunch forward, chip out up to the green, more gunch, a hack at the ball, followed by another hack. My buddy Jason said, within. 1.5 seconds of wow. his previous swing. And he mm-hmm. and the NBC guy looked at each other like, did he just take another shot at it? And they <laughs> didn't know. And so when the hole was over, he was paralyzed. He said, I don't know what he took there, and I'm afraid to ask him because he's so mm-hmm. hot. Mm-hmm. So they let it go. he let it go for a couple of holes, and they finally get three holes down the road, and what does Cam Young do? jars it for an ace he goes birdie birdie ace over a three-hole stretch everyone's high five and the mood's been lightened and he he shook uh, my friend jason's hand and jason said what a stupid game and they shared a laugh it was at that point walking off the tee that cam young said oh by the way you got my score wrong and they said, okay, oh. sorry about that, because they gave him the benefit of the doubt. They thought for sure he couldn't have taken two angry whacks at the ball within 1.5 seconds. And they told Cam Young's caddy, they said, well, we were afraid to ask you or him because things were going so bad, you looked really, really pissed. And the caddy said, yeah, that was probably a good idea. Yeah. That's great. Well, he's another Wake Forest stud, and uh, he's one that just popped up out of nowhere like a thunderstorm. You know, in but, July, at but, the end of the day. Yeah, he's going to win golf tournaments. He's going to win golf sure. tournaments. Sure. No question. Is. All right. Let's take, a, let's take a break, boys. When we come back, we're going to talk about St. Andrews, the old course, technology, scores to par, and the state of the game at old courses like this, because there is a lot of chatter about that, as there always is, at St. Andrews. We'll do that next. You're listening to the Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golf. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Washington, D.C.'s Radio Golf Authority for over 15 years.
listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who still don't know the difference between red stakes, yellow stakes, and white stakes. Except they're all bad. We're back, Capital Golf Gang, post-Open Championship edition, far-flung. Zabe here with Ron Thomas and Ron, John Ronis on the phone right now. John Gould has the week off. He's on vacation. I guess uh, Gould on vacation, Ronis, literally does not pick up the phone. Yeah, where is he? Like in <laughs> Africa? I don't know. He just said <laughs> On a safari? He's, he said, I can't do it. I'm on vacation. And I yeah, felt I like, saw that note, and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> hey, when the man unplugs. The man on I'm on vacation from about nine o'clock at night to six in the morning every day. <laughs> All right, well, we missed John. We'll have him back next week. So let's talk about the old course. I find the people, the golf, supposed golf fanatics and enthusiasts and wannabe pundits who say that the, the game has passed the old course by, it's not relevant anymore, it's too easy. I find that one of the most tired and stupid arguments. There is, because if you're going to mount that argument, boys, what are you saying? That we decommission the old course, the home of golf, just because somebody shot 20 under? I think that's an unthinkable proposition. When you have the conditions the way they were with the firm-baked fairways, with the, the weather laying down, I mean, the old lady just said, here, let's have some fun on a picnic. There's no defense for that course. So, of course, score is going to be low. It doesn't matter. Low score wins. It, to me, is a dumb argument that has no logical explanation of, so what are you proposing? Getting rid of the old course as a venue? I'll hang up and listen to your thoughts off the air. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. The way that I look at these things is that I'm, I'm, I have the scoreboard pulled up here, the leaderboard. And first, uh, let's see, first was uh, winner was 20 under. T11 was 11 under, and then you go T15 at 10 under. There's nothing wrong with 10 under at T15. There's nothing wrong with 20 under, 20 under as a winner. I don't care what golf course you're on. It doesn't matter. Obviously, and Ronis has talked to this at length, that so much of the uh, conditions at at St. Andrews depend upon the weather. They didn't get weather. So what? The next time they have it, they might. And people will say, did you watch that? Isn't that so cool to see them have to play in that kind of weather? St. Andrews is the home of golf, and it will never, ever go away. And anybody who talks that way has never been there and has never spilled off, walked off that golf course and spilled into the streets and walked by old Tom Morris's home and walked into these taverns and the, and the Russics and all these places places they've never been there so that their comments are irrelevant because it's never going away and to say it is blasphemy period amen well i've i've been i've been uh caught on this show in the last seven days saying that um the old course is not much of a golf course and <laughs> you know, it's fine got, to say that though, because it yeah. really isn't, but it's are not you, going away. Ronis, are, you, are you proposing decommissioning it like Prestwick? And- I fell back in love with the <laughs> course this week. Oh, boy. I fell back in love to the point I want to go play it again. Yep. I Amen. loved this golf tournament. And it is, and I've said on this show, it is my least favorite major of the year because you can't see the golf ball half the time. I don't know what's going on. It's rolling 700 yards. I loved every minute of it. I think it had something to do with Rory being there, but the fact that one bad kick 
and that eagle turns into a double because you're in the face of a bunker. I don't think that's unfair. I think that's the chance you take. I think it was masterful. And you're right. The lowest possible score ever imaginable could be shot because that course didn't have a speck of weather. So when it does, people will be like, oh, it's so unfair. The weather, the rain, we want to play there. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? It's got everything. That's the cool thing about it. And and John uh, and Steve, one other thing, the listening to those fans or not listening to them because you don't hear them is the best for me. They are so wonderful. I mean, each year you get a little bit more of a yell, maybe a mashed potato or the Scottish was, accent every once in a while. There was a couple yahoos that there, were. There was, but know. it they were probably Americans. Probably. And, but you're right. There was right, a ton of Americans to, that go over there. Yes, to, but to, the appreciation that, that they exude is just beautiful. That is what I long for. I won't go to a tour event. Because yeah, and I'll tell you what, stuff. they were they were very good to all the players. You yes, know, they, they did are. not pick the live guys and pull them out and boo them or mm. anything like that. They Polter were got a they very respectful. Polter got spattering of booze because they adore him so much, and he let them down, and then he almost pulled it out of bounds on number one. I know. Which is <laughs> you know almost pulled an Ian Baker Finch. Well, <laughs> yeah. here, so here's the thing about the golf course. As you guys know, having played it, and I said this earlier here on the Zabecast, I said, look, one and 18 are the most beautiful, stupid, wait, what? Oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is cool golf holes in the world. It is a half-flat, half-rumpled piece of square, hard turf with a road cutting right through it. (laughs) And 1 and 18 are two of the easiest holes ever. The only thing making one hard is if they put the pin up against the burn on the front. The green is agonizingly flat, and 18 is a nothing burger. So there's two holes that are so easy that any decent amateur, much less a tour pro, is not going to be phased by them. Now we go to number nine. Number nine is the flattest, most built-into-the-ground green I've ever seen in my life, and it's a short par four. You're not going to make that one hard either. They've got other reachable par fours with hard ground. I'm saying there's the course only has four holes that give any thought. So you're never going to make it super hard. If you want super hard, Carnoustie with narrow fairways and knee-high rough, boom, there's your hard. Yeah, that's right. And who wants to watch that? Every well, now and then it's fine. I'm just saying for those that want to try to say, let's put the old lady out to pasture, you're nuts. No. Because yes. it's too important to do that. I mean, did you guys see the great, great, great granddaughter of old Tom Morris hanging great, out? Great, great granddaughter peeking her head out of the home watching the golf for the day. Yeah. <laughs> it was magical. The was very just... flat. Look, some the guys very like flies. Some guys like other things. Some guys like feet. Right? <laughs> so maybe St. Andrews is just one of those ones. It's a little bit different from everything else. Maybe that's the one where they go low. Maybe you get kicked in the teeth by Carnoustie and right. some of the other ones there. But St. Andrews is what it is. And, again, it could be the weather could change it in a heartbeat. But, look, it, it, you need different strokes for different folks. I love the fact that they're so different. Yeah. Same. Talk about Tom Morris's great-great-granddaughter for so, those that didn't see it. Yeah. So to think – I just got chills looking at that picture of her, that, that yep. video of her hanging out the window. Me beautiful, too. beautiful, graceful old woman. She's aging beautifully for an old lady. Uh, what, shock white hair, a smile on her face, a gleam in her eye, uh, direct lineage to the great Tom Morris himself. Last and she's, living relative. Yes, right. And wow. she's 
and she's in the very flat above the golf shop where once upon a time, a hundred plus years ago, old Tom Morris was stuffing wet feathers into a leather (laughs) ball. I mean, it's incredible to think about that that very thing still exists and we can have a competitive high-level golf tournament with all these modern stuff, these titanium drivers and golf balls designed by engineers and scientists. It's amazing. The the whole course, the whole town is a museum piece. It's Mm -hmm. it's an homage to a past that has long been since buried and forgotten. It'd be like playing an NFL game in the Roman Coliseum, boys. There is no place on earth like St. Andrews, Fife, Scotland, and I'm not just even talking about the golf course. I got lost in that town on purpose. I went to the gravesite to the, you know, old and young Tom Morris in that kind of rundown ruins of a castle. Right. Yeah. And then I ended, remember I scouted the restaurant, Steve. I said, oh, yeah. I met these, these Americans who opened this Italian restaurant and we went there and the food, and then there's a university in the middle of the town. Oh, yeah. So you've got yeah. a young university type crowd and everywhere you go, golf is king. Golf and kindness mm-hmm. and manners and respect and dignity, all the things that are missing in this country, unless yeah. you're at a nice well, country we, club. When we were there, uh, we ran there. into a crew with the RNA with their jackets on that they had just had a meeting. Oh, and they were in a restaurant and we sat down with them and I don't I don't I couldn't understand half the things <laughs> they were saying. But it was it was like <laughs> holy smokes, this is really cool. You met some real RNA members? Oh, definitely. They had the jackets on. I think they had a meeting. Wow. It was like six of them. Did and you they, did you they bring were in up a restaurant any, just drinking? Did you bring up any proposals? Uh I told him I do a radio game. show with a Steve Zabin, and he has some proposals for mm. how we should change the bunkering at St. Andrews. <laughs> Would you like to hear it, guys? Okay, that you know, said, something like rubbish all right, that's and get said, out of here. Let me get back to the golf course for a second. Another thing about people saying it's too easy, the game has passed it by. I'm like, well, when when did the game not pass that course by? I mean, yeah. the best players have been having their way with it when the weather is right for quite some time now. Also, I read a long piece on golfdigest.com about all the changes to the course over the years Mm -hmm. and adding bunkers. Even more recently, like, here's what's interesting. Number two, right? They added 50 yards. They put a tee all the way back near the Himalayas putting course, right? And they added, they expanded Cheap's Bunker, the legendary Cheap's Bunker. I loved Zinger's line. If it's a named bunker, you probably don't want to be in it. Yeah, that's right. The principal's nose. Yeah, they expanded Cheap's Bunker. They added 50 yards because they thought that would make the hole more challenging. Guess what the numbers bore out? It played easier. Wow. And so you can't always account for, well, this will make the course harder. You could... The one thing you could do to make the course a lot harder is really, you, 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 this will be blasphemous, you'd have to irrigate the rough left on the home holes, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 to make it thick and penal because they were dumping it in that wispy stuff with no penalty, right? Yeah. Make them thread the needle between the OB right and the heavy rough left. You could do that. You could plant gorse, <laughs> although. That's what they're going to do. 
I, you think so? That's my yeah. I, they have to. They're gonna. They will do some. There is gonna be a change to left of seventeen. I don't. I don't like Gorse because Gorse is just an instant. It's an you know, it's unplayable. A, it's a lost but ball. Yeah. I, I I like the. I like a little bit more meat to that Heather. Yes. Yes. Or yeah, the, the because it was just like. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like matted down. But nothing. again, it's all weather dependent. Because yeah. in one, you know, two weeks from now, that place after a good six or seven days of dumping in cold weather and then some sun it could be a whole different story you know it could just sprout Uh, i remember steve when we were there it wasn't very dry it was a little difficult no absolutely (laughs) and if you ever get in real heather which is the low it's the low spreading purple flowering plant it's the most rubbery and insane (laughs) thing you'll try to hit out of you can try to hit out of heather Good luck yeah. because it grabs your club. It's weird. It's like it's like flexible. Kikua, Kikua or whatever. Kikuya on steroids is what it is. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay, let's yeah. take one last break. When we come back, Henrik Stenson. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang, Washington D.C.'s radio golf authority for over fifteen years. back to the public courses now. I can't. I won't. I mean, you know what that's like? It's crowded. The grass has big brown patches in it. They don't rake the sand traps. Not to mention the caliber of people you have to play with. Welcome back. Final segment, Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom. Ron Thomas, John Rodas, joining me here by phone this week. So here we are as the Live Tour turns. Henrik Stenson has dumped his Ryder Cup captaincy to go to the LIV on a scale of one to shocked, 10 being fully shocked. <clears throat> what are you guys on this decision? I'm at about a point three. Really? <laughs> you saw it coming. <clears throat> no, I didn't see it coming, but I'm not shocked at all. And someone like Hen- Henrik Stenson, I mean, he, he, no matter what he does in the Ryder Cup as a captain, he will not have much of a legacy. And so, if they're offering him, you know, thirty million dollars, take it. Yeah. Ron, well, it was forty million they offered him, and he's forty-six years old. And at forty-six years old, according to him, there was no greater honor, perhaps the greatest honor in his Swedish accent. Is he Swedish? Yes. In my in his Swedish accent, at his press conference, saying this is the greatest honor in golf that I've ever or will ever have is to be the captain of this Ryder Cup team, and money, greed, not greed on his part. I don't know who the greed involves, but it's just dirty, and he took it, and he will regret this, I think, for many, many, many years to come. I'm, you know, I'm, there's many, I'm not there's shocked many, though. I, we've seen it in everyday life that there's many people who want a job and then once they get it, they really didn't want it. I think he was more enamored with being named the captain. And so now the money's setting him up for life. So he he signed a contract. He signed a contract and he broke a contract. That's true forever. Yeah. That's true. That when you accept the job, you need to finish the job. Right. 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 Like that is right. one of the core principles of character. It used to be. 
Well, you're right. It used to be. He's, he signed I, a contract that prohibited him from playing on any circuit other than the DP World Tour and or the PGA Tour. That was plain and simple. I mean, right there, he broke a contract. And it's not just any contract. We're talking about the captaincy of the Ryder Cup, European yeah. captaincy. That is not any contract. That is a paramount, monumental contract he signed with probably tears in his eyes, kept the pen that he signed with, went home, hugged his wife. I can't believe $40 million? Oh, I'm out. Come I on. mean, I, I would imagine yeah. that Henrik Stenson has $40 million in the bank already. Easily. Easily. So what's People he going to do? More. What's, what's he going to do with the more money? <laughs> I don't they all want more. I guess so. I guess they he looks at it do. like a $40 million retirement annuity. Not even an annuity, just a lump sum. Hey, you were once a thing. You were once a thing of modest significance. Let's be honest. He won one major in a duel with Phil Mickelson. He was otherwise a non-factor. He on won the tour. tour championship in what? He did? Uh, yeah, he won the Tour Championship in 13, didn't he? Um, and then he won the Players' Championship, too. Yeah, hitting three went off every tee. Yeah. I mean, the guy was a robot. He was he pure. Was. He was incredible. But in the but big he just scheme screwed of, everything up. In the big scheme of golf, he, he was of modest significance. Oh, sure. Six yeah, Tour victories, Six. including the 2009 Players' Championship and the 2013 Tour Championship. Most recent victory on the PJ Tour was the 2017 Wyndham Championship. Was yeah. the Tour Championship then part of the FedEx Cup or no? In 2013? Not in 09, it wouldn't have been. No, in 13, though. He won uh, 13, 13. Uh, 13, it would have been because we're on 10 years of, of FedEx okay. sponsorship right now. Okay, so he got one of the, so he got that $10 million pop because yeah. that's what the Tour Championship well, was. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, so, if he was in the lead with, to begin with. So think about you know, this. The European side is now going to have to scramble to get somebody. And Graham McDowell, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, and now Henrik Stenson, if Casey. they hold the line, will never Casey, captain. Yeah. Never captain that side. Yep. And uh, well, who are they going to turn to? For... I hope they hold the line. Well, I think they I have to, John. I think at this I point, hope. it's such war, you have to. I just hope I that hope. the next form of a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup involves the tour against the Live Tour of some sort. <laughs> like an no, I don't want to give so, him that dignity. So, I don't want to give him that dignity. So yeah, on the true. flip side of things, what good does Henrik Stenson do for the Live? What have they bought? Nothing. An aging, Nothing. irrelevant 46-year-old Swede? He's just Nothing. a name. So he, they're throwing money at a name that is, I mean, so he compete? like you said, he hasn't so won a major tournament they, in six years. So what they, is these guys aren't educated golf fans. The, the, the Saudi people, whoever's following it or whoever's throwing the money at it, they're not educated golf fans. They're like Henrik Stenson. Ah, oh, that's great. No, they're, you know what they're doing is they're going to Greg Norman, whose ego is so incredibly large that he just wants to get it, these names. Oh, Stenson yeah. got him. Hey, he calls his, his through a translator. Maybe although in Saudi, I guess they speak English, but he says, Hey, I got Henrik Stenson. Great. How much? Let's throw 40 at 40 million. Greg okay, says, okay, 40 million. Good. Is it yeah. worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. I got another one. Norman says I took another one. That's how big his ego is. Right. That's what's happening here. 
It's almost like a yeah. kam- it's like a kamikaze mission to do as much damage yep. as possible yeah. yep. to force a surrender or sort of a negotiated truce where this live tour can coexist on top of or alongside the PGA tour and they can have their cake and eat it too. And what purpose is that? Well, the only way that's going to work, guys, is if the live doesn't play 14, the live's going to have to play 10 and then they're going to bring down the minimum for 15 events for tour players. And those guys can get their wish of playing in their 20 events or whatever. And then they can merge and it's it's, it's going to happen. The live tour supports the PGA tour because you're not going to, what are you going to have half the PGA tour who are making normal money and half that are in contract at 40 and 200 million. Well, here's how the tour is going to make money. If the tour gives into this, then they are going to latch on to this sponsorship and to this Saudi money, which is unfortunate, but then the events across the board, everything goes astronomically huge. And of course they're just going to have to suck it up if they want to do this and have the Saudi money that comes into play and into the coffers, then that's, then it's a compromise. They should never do that. I mean, there's plenty of room on the schedule But you can't keep the players. But, John, you can't keep the players. The only way these guys aren't going to jump is if you throw more money at them. The tour doesn't have more money. No, no, what I'm saying is you can have the live tour that starts in October and goes through February. And anyone that they want can be on that. And then those people come back to the PGA Tour. Yeah. Why can't you have that? Well, you, no, you, because but, they don't want to play. Through. I don't know. But don't the know. but the problem with the live tour is it's a junk concept. The whole concept of a short field, no cut, guaranteed money, and contracts on top of the guaranteed <clears throat> money is a concept that doesn't resonate. I'd have a little bit of respect for the live tour if only they had a way to play your way into it or on it somehow on your own without being invited by Greg Norman and his Saudi cronies. And if there was not contracts binding you to the tour for four years. So, yeah, you'd play short field, 54-hole events, you know, shotgun starts. Hell, you could give them carts. You could give them (laughs) carts, and I wouldn't care. As long as there wasn't 60 million of here, come leave the tour for us money. And if there was a way to play yourself onto it. People can't get on the tour on their own. But you don't have to leave the tour if you just do it October to February. And the fact is, well, that's what as long as they said. do that, they can pick and choose who they want on yeah. that live tour. There's stars, and it's only an exhibition. There are no points. There's nothing right. that they're earning. Well, that, that this is this is an evolving uh, entity as we speak. This thing is going to go to sixty. They're going to be sixty player fields, seventy two holes, with a cut. And they're Ooh. not, and they're going to tee off one and ten. That's where you, it's going. This okay. is this is just so, the beginning. This so is the genesis that, of the future. Is of there going to be a beverage cart going around too? No, they're getting rid. This is just the hokiness of it right now because they have a small field, and they want to differentiate themselves. So they just they... tried to find a way to differ. Let's do fifty-four holes, and what the hell? Let's do a shotgun start. You so know, yeah, I mean, what could be more different from a tour event? So what good is it then if you're right. now playing 72 all events with a cut? Wouldn't the players who jump ship say, well, wait a minute, I didn't come here for that. I came here for no cut and for shorter fields. Uh, yeah, but you're playing for first place. If first place is four to six to eight to 10 million for every event, you're going to, you don't give us. I guess. Uh, I know. know. I mean, I know. I, it's evolving. I think, you know what? It, it's I not going it's anywhere, g- fellas. That's the sad I, thing. Listen, I, I agree with you. Not 
for a while, but I liken it to a bad idea that's got a lot of runway to it. So it's a loaded junk plane that's overloaded, but it's on the longest runway in the world, and the plane is now just starting to go forward. I don't think at the end of the runway it flies. But right now, it's a it, it's got a lot of runway, but I Steve, don't think it works. Why you I have to tell me? Hold work. on. Why do you think it's not going to fly? I need to know. I, you're a smart man. It I need doesn't, to know. It doesn't have a raison d'être. It doesn't have a reason to exist. It has no business plan. It has no future vision. the the okay. The nature of competitive golf is a you can play your way onto the tour. It's a closed circuit now. You have to be invited, right? So that doesn't exist. And the only way you know who the best players in golf are is by the results through cutthroat 72-hole competition with fields 150 deep with another 150 behind that on the web.com tour banging their way to get in. That's where a yeah. lot of these guys came from. And when, when you buy the supposed best players thinking, aha, we got the best players, you don't know how long that's going to last. Had the Live Tour come along four years ago, they would have bought Jason Day for an obscene amount of money. And yeah. Duffner. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and Justin Rose. Yes. And Webb Simpson. Good and point. Ricky Fowler. I mean, and none Ugh. of those guys move the needle. I watch the game because I know these guys are absolutely cutthroat to get here and can play at a level that will melt your head. And that changes. And guys do, do you guys ever horse. watch golf? Do you guys ever watch golf? And if after someone wins or finishes fourth or seventh, do you do you ever think that if or wonder if they think about the money they just won? Yes. Yes. You think that, right? For the young guys, for the I young guys, it means team. a lot. It takes so yes. much pressure yeah. off their stress of am I going to stay on tour? Like Trey Mullinax, who finally won uh, the uh, at the field right before coming to the British. By the way, great story. Did you hear about his clubs? Yes. John? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I did. So for those who didn't hear, Mullinax uh, had TSA go through his bag like a bunch of apes in the zoo, <laughs> and they left a couple of the clubs outside of the actual bag in his travel bag, and his putter ended up getting bent two degrees. He didn't know what was wrong. He knew something felt weird about it for the first two days, but he still managed to get around and make the cut. He then took it to the shop, and they're like, yeah, it's bent two degrees. He's like, oh, that's it. And it was because yeah. of his, you know, the TSA. He got it fixed and had a nice top 20 finish. Yep. Yeah. Great story. All right. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I just you know I, you might have a wife and a kid at home. And if you miss a punt on 18 and it costs you $260,000, I mean, that's a lot. But the best part about winning a golf tournament, fortunately, I've won a few. John, you've, Ronis, you've won a few. But the best part is walking into that house with that trophy. Now, uh-huh. having said that, no one's offering me $40 million. My whole right. perception of life and future could change. But to walk into a house with a trophy and to put it up and to be able to look at it every once in a while and think about your accomplishment, there is no greater feeling than that. These guys have essentially stripped that from themselves and from the game and their legacy on top of it. Is it worth yeah. it? That's what I yeah. say. Is it? Is it worth it really? I mean, $40 million, I know you can... You know what you get to do next year? You get to go to Monaco in your new boat and back it up next to Bezos, who's going to make yours look like a dinghy. Right. And then you're going to think, God, I <laughs> should have gotten more than $40 million. My boat's it. small. My boat's right. small. Why didn't I get more than $40 million? But you're, that's the new. That's the life these guys now have. I hate to say it this way because it sounds so stupid, but 
if if he has four, he probably has forty million. Stenson probably has forty easily. Million, right? What is another forty million gonna? How is that gonna change his life? He's not gonna buy a a, a, a Premier League team. He's not gonna do this. He's not gonna do that. Forty million is very comfortable. Another forty million doesn't really change the bar that much. I it's t- totally I agree. I think what Zabe, you, you, what you need in life are four things, boys. I'm gonna teach you the secret of life. Then we're gonna wrap it today. You ready? Yeah. You need enough money to be able to say, eh, I'm not waking up till noon today and have no <laughs> worries about your financial future. That's number one. Number two, you need your health, obviously. Number three is a good woman who loves you. And the fourth is a good dog. That's it. Oh, oh gosh, that is God, such that's a, my life to a T. That really is. Great, except the sleeping except the until noon. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> did, I, did, did I miss anything about what no. all you really need in life? You don't need another 40 million, yeah. St- Henrik Stenson, but you got it. And we'll see whether or not you find it to be a deal that you're comfortable with as the years go on. Boys, yeah. I can't wait to get back to see you in the DMV. It's hot heat wave this week. Holy cow. It's summer, though. This is what we expect. So any thoughts on our way out the door today? No, I just I, I love to do this golf show with you guys. And, Ronnie, you know how I feel about you, so you better join us every week. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I just have been very, you know, I'm doing a lot of traveling and work and stuff. And, a lot of tournaments, and my son is starting to play. He just finished the Bobby Riley at Bellhaven today. He played, oh, it, made the cut, and then nice. struggled today. Of course, we're recording on Wednesday. But if I may toot my horn a little bit, I played at the Naval Academy, Andrew Green's best work, in my opinion, the revamped Naval Academy Golf Club in the Middle Atlantic Senior Am. And I threw a little 71 at him the first day and was in second place. Uh, and then I shot 75. I finished fourth. And I'm very, you know, I'm very proud of myself because I'm, you know, I don't swing at it great, John, but I've, well, thank you. I just, people keep saying the same thing to me and it's like, man, I love your tempo. I love your tempo. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. That's good for me to hear, but I'm playing good golf right now. And it makes me really happy. You know why you're proud of yourself, Ronnie? Because it's hard. (laughs) Everything you're doing is hard. It's hard work. You don't just tee it up and play and win. It's hard. Be proud of yourself. Keep Thank you. And, and one other thing I got to say for all you listeners out there, I was on the fifth hole. I was even on the second day coming in uh, to the fifth hole, and I made a triple. Yeah. And I was playing with the leaders, and one dude was three under through four, or two under through four. And I thought, okay, I'm behind here. Well, I made a triple, but you know what I did from there? I played even from there. And, yeah, always and that's a, a, that's always a, an ability to to yeah. get some confidence. Yes, yes, because yep. you can t- you can throw you know when you make that triple or that double or that quad, you think it's over with. Why did I just do this? But I test myself. What are you made of here? What is your fortitude? What are you what what, what uh, composition do you have inside your body at this very moment? You work too hard even. to give up. Yes, you work too yes. hard to give up. Yeah, you took too much mu- too much time away from your family. You worked too hard at it. You worked out. You ran a you ran a mile the other day. Do not ever give up. It's not worth it. Amen. You um you made a triple. You know what? You know how does a good player like you make triple? I, 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 not to be I'm morbid, not to be morbid, but I want to. I want the anatomy gonna, of this triple. Walk, I'm going to make this fast. It. This is a this is a William Flynn original design from 1912. It's already okay? not fast. Go ahead. How'd Andrew Green. Yeah. I, Andrew Green comes in and redoes it. The fifth hole, second shot. All, all there's a bunch of holes with elevated greens. The pin was on the front. I hit it short. 
and the ball rolled back to my feet. Okay, so now I'm and it rolls into the rough, 40 yards away. I hit my third one onto the back of the green. I it's an impossible. I put it off the green to yep. 50 yards. Oh, yeah. So my. I go down with my 60 degree. I hit it. I spin it back. It rolls back down 50 yards again at my feet. <laughs> this is a yep. God's honest truth. Uh, so I am hitting my sixth shot from 50 yards after being in the middle of the fairway with 102 yards on my second oh. shot, and I'm hitting six. I knock it up. I hit it to use the slope, hit it to two feet, made the putt for a seven. So it was a positive. Sevens are better that. than that's a, that's a rallying <laughs> triple right there. Wow. That's it's a one putt how you, triple. How do you make a triple? One putt, seven. I made it great up and down to avoid quad. That's how it works. Uh, All right, boys. Love the chat today. As always, I appreciate it. I'll see you back in the DMV next week. Thanks for coming on. And thank you for listening to the Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom. Get to Golfdom in Tyson's Corner and get all your golfing needs. Boys, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you, boys. This has been the Capital Golf Gang. If you'd like the gang to visit your home course, send your inquiries to zabe at yahoo.com. That's C-Z-A-B-E at yahoo.com. Or visit the show page at www.theteam980.com. And for free swag, we're all in X1.